Hello, beautiful earthlings, my wonderful bagel babes. Welcome back to the Bagel Babes podcast. My name is Kelsey. I am your small, tiny, blonde, bagel-loving host, the blogger and creator behind Blondes and Bagels, a lifestyle and wellness blog where I dish out no bullshit tips for better living and have been doing so for five years, www.blondesandbagels.com. All right, that's enough of that nonsense. Today's topic is one I've been wildly interested in for years, which is clean beauty. I'm a former makeup artist. I worked for pretty big household names like MAC, Bare Minerals. I did freelancing. I love makeup. I love all things beauty, inner, outer, you know. And I also have sensitive AF skin. So if clean beauty is marketed to anyone... You know, I love the earth. I have sensitive temperamental skin, which I also love. And this concept of clean beauty appeals to me, you know, because of my sensitive skin, like I just fry easily anything with weird oils in them, specifically lavender oil or certain fragrances. I'm looking at you. Night calming face wipes. I'm not even going to mention the brand name because they're totally going to be pissy about slander. But I get rashes. I've absolutely had allergic reactions to skincare. So I think that this idea of clean beauty is interesting. And when it hit the market, I'll be honest, I didn't really know what to make of it. And I still often don't. Because with sensitive skin like mine, I absolutely feel like sometimes there are, shall we say, shit, unnecessary irritants in our cosmetics products or skincare products, like fragrance, for example. But, you know, after spending way too much time browsing the clean section at every, you know, clean in quotation marks, Um, The clean section at every beauty website, I really have come to think a a couple things. One, there really seems to be no clear-cut definition for what clean beauty even means. Individuals, companies, brands, everyone seems to make up their own definition. And two, if we now have clean beauty, does that mean that there's such a thing as unclean beauty? Because the clean beauty brands heavily market heavily, can you hear the H stressing? They really market the quote-unquote toxicity of non-clean beauty products. But then you have stores like Sephora who have clean beauty sections, but continue to also sell the non-clean alternatives. So if those non-clean alternatives are actually toxic, and I'm not saying Sephora is saying that they're toxic by any means, I just, it's interesting to me that those two things can live in the same store, on the same shelves, near each other, because it sort of feels like, to me, if we're saying that clean is good and we're building this whole section around it, then does that mean the rest of the stuff is unclean? And if it is, why is it still being sold? It's just a weird dynamic. But I want to be clear AF here when I start this episode, because I am not an expert. I'm not a scientist. I do have a Bachelor of Science It's hilarious. It's a Bachelor of Science in fashion. I don't know who 
ran that through a school board, but that's what I have. And I do not (laughs) have never worked for any professional organization that is at all relevant to this conversation, like the FDA, for example. So I just really am a millennial blonde woman, like many of you millennial guys and gals out there, uh, just trying to make sense of what the word clean really even means when it comes to beauty. And all you're going to hear today is my own personal experience and research. So that's my big disclaimer here. My second disclaimer, I'm going to mispronounce approximately 99.7% of the scientific names you're going to hear for chemical compounds here because I just, (laughs) I have a degree in fashion. So, you know, call me when you want to talk about rayon. All right, here's where we're going to start. We're going to talk about the FDA's role in cosmetic regulation. And the long story short on this one is, yes, the FDA does regulate cosmetics, but there's really not a whole lot that they actually do in terms of defining or enforcing when it comes to cosmetics labeling of quote-unquote clean beauty. They don't even have the word clean on their website as far as I could see. And, you know, it honestly sort of sounds like a man wrote this definition, but according to the FDA's website, quote, a product is a cosmetic if it is intended for uses such as cleansing the human body, making a person more attractive, or changing a person's appearance, end quote. And in going through the FDA website with a fairly fine-tooth comb, if I do say so myself, I can honestly say there's just very few guidelines when it comes to labeling and marketing on cosmetics products other than, like, the general sentiment that, you know, any statements made on marketing materials or labels must not be untruthful or misleading. But, you know, it's, it's pretty broad. It's a pretty broad definition there. So that's the first little note. The second thing, the definitions of clean beauty on the market, there's no definition made by the FDA of what ingredients are or are not considered, quote unquote, clean beauty. In addition, you know, the FDA hasn't defined the term, quote unquote, natural either. There's no established regulatory definition for this term in cosmetic labeling. So You know, really, the only thing I could find is a quote from their website saying, with the exception of color additives and ingredients that are prohibited or restricted by FDA regulations, you may use any ingredient in your cosmetic. The FDA also doesn't have any regulations for the term organic in cosmetics either, which I thought was really interesting because I've definitely seen cosmetics labeled as organic. And it turns out that that's not the FDA's like jurisdiction, basically. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, actually regulates the use of the term organic for agricultural products under the National Organic Program, NOP. So if you have questions about the use of the term organic, it's actually the USDA that you would have to contact, not the FDA. And they have like a a whole website explaining all this. I'll leave so many resources in the show notes for you guys because this is a really complicated topic. There's no way that this conversation with myself (laughs) could ever solve the mystery here. But I just, you know, what does this all mean? And, you know, what this means is that the term clean is up for grabs. Like, to me, it seems like it's, you know, it's the Wild West, a clean version of the Wild West. It's up to you and like the brands you buy from, obviously, to determine what clean really means. And, You know, I just for the purpose of this conversation, I do think it's interesting to kind of focus on how Sephora has organized their store. Love me some Sephora. I'm a VIB Rouge. One time I was at the store and one of the employees called it Rogue. So I'm confused. My whole existence has been challenged. 
But I think that they're a great place to look at when talking about clean beauty because they've made this entirely separate section on their website. So they've actually described it. They've got a cute little marketing banner that says the beauty you want minus the ingredients you might not They should hire me for voice acting, don't you think? This seal means formulated without parabens, sulfates, sulfates, SLS and SLES. Oh, God. Phthalates? Oh, God. You know what I'm trying to say. You probably don't, but I'll put it in the show notes. Mineral oils or formaldehyde and more. So that's what they say. That's what they say when they put the clean seal on the product, the clean at Sephora seal. That's what they're saying it is formulated without All right, what I want to do is actually take a look at each of those specific ingredients just mentioned and explore them a little bit. Again, I'm not a scientist. I've just tried to do my research a little bit, and I can't promise the validity of all of it. I'd really love to have an expert on to talk about this. So if any of y'all know any experts, email me. Oh, God, I don't even have an email for this podcast yet. Uh, just email me, Kelsey, at blondesandbagels.com. I'm going to get some weird, I don't know. I'm going to get some weird spam email after this, but that's fine. I really want to make sure that as we talk about these ingredients, I'm not making a case for or against any of them because I'm not a scientist. And I'm also not pro or anti-clean beauty movement. I buy things in both categories. I'm really just a human with access to the internet and Sephora and... I spend stupid amounts of money there, and I'm really fascinated by this topic. So I do think, though, let's take a look at the ingredients that we're kind of saying are not allowed in the clean section of the store. All right. From a non-scientist perspective, let's look at parabens. I think the general gist here is that parabens mimic estrogen, which can lead to, I mean, a fuck ton of concern, if we're just being honest, because, you know, high levels of estrogen or unnaturally high levels, I should say, can cause hormone imbalance. So, you know, if you're really going down the rabbit hole on this one, that can impact reproductive health, potential for breast cancer. There's a lot of, you know, these are not small or lighthearted claims and fears here. It's to be taken seriously. And there is a lot of science behind this one. Um, I did find a good article This is not exactly a medical journal, but it was on self, but interviewing an MD. And it did reference several studies throughout. So I'll link to all of that in the show notes. But, you know, it sort of broke down this whole paraben situation far better than, you know, I I think I had ever seen previously. You know, in quotes, I don't even know what the CIR stands for. Dear God, the CIR has found no evidence that the amounts of these short and long chain parabens as used currently in cosmetics pose health risks. Regulatory bodies in the EU where ingredients rules are typically more stringent allow them as well with restrictions. There are five even longer chain parabens that are banned in Europe, two of which aren't used in the U.S., and I think the other three are are used sparingly or something like that. So it's interesting. The FDA has a page dedicated to questions, like specifically around the use of parabens in personal care products. And again, I'll leave all that in the show notes. But the long story short here is that the FDA has, quote, literally quoted, do not have information showing that parabens as they are used in cosmetics have an effect on human health. So it's interesting. I think parabens have sort of been 
criminalized in a way. And, you know, I'm, I'm very open to seeing the research as to why. But it is interesting because, at least for me, I do look to the EU as somebody that loves beauty big time, right? I'm a beauty junkie. And the EU is so much more strict with what they allow in cosmetics. So, you know, I do look to the EU a lot to sort of, you know, feel out what they are or aren't allowing versus what the U.S. is and regulatory bodies in the EU allow parabens with restrictions. So I think it just depends what the paraben is. Interesting little tidbit. Okay, sulfates, specifically SLS and SLES, I think are the ones that are often labeled as unclean. That's what we're going to talk about. So right off the bat, I know the American Cancer Society has stated in the past that sulfates are not carcinogens. I don't know if that's current, but it is interesting. Both SLS and SLES can 100% irritate your skin and eyes. So basically, these specific sulfates are found in cleaning products. And, you know, I just want to say they are completely safe for use. And essentially, the irritation occurs with high exposure to those cleaning products over like a period of 24 hours or more or something like that. So when you clean your bathtub, you know, that's where you're going to find your sulfates. They're really, really good at cleaning. The main issue really is like they're kind of too good at cleaning, you know, both your bathtub and your pores, apparently, because really what sulfates do that's not so attractive is that they can, you know, strip your skin or scalp of like the natural oils. So I know that's something I've heard a lot, quote unquote, like stripping the skin. And that's really what they mean is that the sulfates are almost like scrubbing you too clean. So yeah, sulfates are absolutely a concern. I think for me, they personally are a concern. I don't know if concern is the right word. It's not that it's not okay for use. It's not toxic, at least from what I can see. It's not unsafe. Do I want that level of clean? Probably not. I have sensitive skin. I'm a sensitive kind of a bitch. And, you know, I don't really want that. But it's interesting because I'm not really sure if all this makes it unclean. But in many cases for personal care products, it's just, you know, maybe not ideal. So I thought that was an interesting one. Okay, straight up, this next section is just the most challenging. One, from a pronunciation standpoint, I don't know how to say phthal, phthalates, phthalates. God, I hope that's correct. So this is by far the most confusing to me to understand. And it also seems like it's honestly the most convoluted when it comes to investigating the safety because there are a shit ton of phthalates. And like the general concern is that in some of the instances, they can act as endocrine disruptors. So basically, they fuck with your hormones and they can cause a whole host of issues. So like that's true. There are phthalates that can do that. So the general consensus from what I can really tell here and the findings is that when it comes to personal care products specifically, they're included primarily because it's just like hard to isolate which ones are harmful versus harmless. I don't know. I don't even really understand how they're used, I think, as a preservative, potentially. So the most commonly used ones in beauty specifically are, oh, God, diethyl phthalate and debutyl phthalate. (laughs) Somewhere a scientist is listening to this and throwing up in the backseat of their car. So neither of which of those, they're not classified as carcinogens. But I don't know. It's just tricky. Like, I couldn't find a whole lot of studies one way or the other. It was really hard to research. The studies that are out there don't seem conclusive. I don't know. Maybe this one doesn't belong in our shit. 
Mineral oils is the next section. So here is the jam, my friends. There are a shit ton of different mineral oils on the market. And honestly, it's just that's kind of broad. So it's hard to dissect. I don't love when we make sweeping statements about an entire category of things like all this is bad. All this is good. Because that's rarely ever true, at at least in my experience. I'll include, again, in the show notes, link to this very specific study that I'm referencing here. But it is true that untreated mineral oil is a known carcinogen. But the thing is, like, there's a big difference between untreated and, like, a highly refined mineral oil. And both scientifically and colloquially, it's been labeled as perfectly safe to utilize refined mineral oils. So really, like, the concern here in what I can see is it's more about whether or not you have an allergy So there are some mineral oils that are just like way more common for people to be allergic to, but I don't necessarily see anything from what I can tell in the research about mineral oils being like toxic or unclean or cancer causing or, you know, any of that stuff. But it just might not be ideal if you have an allergy. Okay, this last one that was mentioned in the Clean at Sephora section is my favorite to talk about, uh, formaldehyde. And I don't know if it's like the sick, you know, little dark spiritual soul inside of me that loves the idea of talking about formaldehyde because nobody wants to hear that formaldehyde is in their cosmetic products. Like that's disgusting when you think about it. And it honestly, the word takes me right back to ninth grade bio dissecting frogs. And, you know, that being said, ironically, if you just shoot right on over to Wikipedia, you'll notice that formaldehyde is quote unquote naturally occurring. It's a naturally occurring organic compound. Natural. Natural. Remember when we talked about the word natural before? And this is why I struggle with some of the marketing. I just struggle with brands utilizing this buzzword natural because there's a shit ton of natural compounds out there. Some are good. Some are bad. The word natural doesn't really mean anything when it comes to something being good or bad for you. So formaldehyde, it's all natural. Another fun formaldehyde fact, it's in your bloodstream naturally. It is found in the bloodstream of humans and other primates at concentrations of approximately 0.1 millimolar. Not big amounts by any stretch, but it is there. So anyway, on the CFS.gov website, you can find a list of fruits and veggies with naturally occurring amounts of formaldehyde. So all I'm trying to say is like, yeah, it is a carcinogen for sure. When you're inhaling it in large quantities for extended periods of time, you know, like embalming a body, which, you know, a lady has to do once or twice in her life. But yeah, there are potential cancer causing effects. I really don't want to make light of that. Formaldehyde is a carcinogen in specific amounts. But really, the reality is that the amounts of formaldehyde found in cosmetics from your makeup or your shampoos, I just... It's unlikely to have a high enough impact on you in terms of those carcinogen concerns. And I live in California, so especially given our particularly strict Prop 65 law, again, I'll link out to that in the show notes, the risk, it seems low-ish. So, you know, there are items that you can purchase literally over the counter with unsafe levels of formaldehyde, but that's like cigarettes. It's not shampoo. So... Again, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm just trying to do the research for myself and figure out what clean means to me. But what's interesting is, again, like on that little banner at the Sephora website, it, it lists all those ingredients that I just talked about. And then it says, and more. Honestly, I don't know what the fuck that means. If there's a list of ingredients that are blackballed from the clean section, I'd kind of like the full list. But in everyone's defense, I didn't reach out and ask any further. 
I also thought it was interesting that I didn't see fragrance on the list as unclean because actually fragrance for me personally has been the most irritating of any ingredient. But, you know, I just want to say, like, I think it's important to note, I don't personally feel the FDA is necessarily doing an A plus job at regulating in this industry. It's none of my damn business. I don't work in this industry. But I do think it's important to note that quite often things that brands will market in terms of ingredients as clean or unclean, like none of them are on the FDA's prohibited or restricted list. So it is something to think about. Again, I think the EU is a great place to look as to whether or not, you know, they do or don't allow things. They're definitely stricter than the U.S. is on some of this stuff. So but yeah, just wanted to note that. And also, you can want your products to be simple and safe while also recognizing that not every ingredient blacklisted from the clean beauty section maybe deserves to be written off. It's interesting, right? You know, I think that when you start doing the research, just because ingredients that clean beauty brands are labeling as quote-unquote toxic, and a lot of brands do, they use that word toxic, they may not actually be toxic once you start doing the research and formulating your own thoughts. And that doesn't mean that, you know, they necessarily add a whole lot to the formula or even that you want them in your products, Like, I don't want fragrance in my products. I don't even want sulfates in my products. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, like, not clean, in my personal opinion. I was about to use the phrase, long story short. This is absolutely not a short story. (laughs) I think the question is, like, is this stuff really toxic or not clean or whatever we want to say? I think the reality I'm really faced with myself on this topic is that there's a lot of what if you Google it, it's called greenwashing. And that's happening really frequently on labels lately. So we're being marketed to. When I see a brand utilizing buzzwords like eco, organic, natural, non-toxic, I know it for what it is. It's a completely like, okay, I can't say completely. It's a somewhat (laughs) unregulated and unconfirmed marketing statement with really no weight behind it in a lot of instances. So especially when you're looking at words like eco, natural, or, you know, non-toxic, especially eco and and natural, I mean, there really is no weight behind it. There's no governing body that's regulating those specific words. So it's really tricky to trust the label. And if you genuinely care what ingredients are in your products, you have to flip the product over and read the list yourself because you can't trust the marketing materials on that stuff. And my other personal opinion here is that honestly, chemical doesn't necessarily mean bad, just like natural doesn't necessarily mean good because there are plenty of lab-made compounds that are safe for humans. And likewise, there are also plenty of things found in nature that are bad for humans. So this marketing of like toxic chemicals to me, it, it makes it just feel like a bold statement that maybe shouldn't be so bold. And it feels like there are really like a lot of asterisks on this one. But look, this is a huge topic. It's very loaded. I did it like absolutely 0% justice. I'm not an expert. I don't even know any experts to talk to about this. Call me, email me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Hit me up on Instagram at Blondes and Bagels. And I want to continue this conversation. Let's talk about, you know, what your experience is. Let's talk about what clean beauty means to you. And if you know of an expert or are one, like hit me up. Let's chat. Yeah. So I'll leave my references in the show notes for all of this. I know I referenced a lot of stuff and I'm so thankful to you if you made it this far because this is a long one. So yeah, rate, subscribe. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye, Bagel Babes. (laughs) 